Welcome to Stuff from the Science Lab from HowStuffWorks.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is Allison Lattermilk, the science editor at HowStuffWorks.com. And this is Robert Lamb, science writer for HowStuffWorks.com. Today we're talking about eating in space. Yes. And uh, I mean, I think the most famous form of uh, space cuisine is, of course, uh, space ice cream. You've had space ice cream, right? No. You've never had space ice cream. I have you not. You were never had- seven years old. I've coveted it many times. I walk past it. I think they sell it at uh, Turner Field. We're, of course, we're based in Atlanta. Really? Um, and I, I've never had it. My husband always dissuades me. Like they bring it around on the little No, no, there's just, just a little a little cart that sells space ice cream. Wow. Oh, now you're, what purports you're to be space ice cream. You're not confusing it with the ice cream of the future where it's the little balls, right? Oh, maybe I am. That's the kind they have like at uh, Six Flags. Oh, that's what I'm confusing it with. Uh-huh. See, I think that's just nor- normal ice cream or... It's just like made into little frozen balls. Regardless, I have had just regular old ice cream, which I very much like. Have you had space ice cream? I have to have space ice cream. Um, because they, not because I've been into space, obviously, but, uh, because they sell it at pretty much every, like, um, space museum, gift shop, or every, uh, like, you know, Air Force Museum. And my dad was like, I think it's a big seller. Yeah, it's, it's a huge seller that not so great on the taste. Like, I think a lot of kids. What flavor did you have? I had, Neapolitan styrofoam, I think, because it all kind of tastes like ice cream, but also tastes like packing material. Oh, that sounds really unpleasant. You know, actually, they don't eat all that much ice cream in space. I heard that Apollo 7 was the only mission to have actually eaten this, um, this free dry, this really? freeze dried. So we've been concoction. lying to children. This also, time. it's coated in gelatin too. So there's a big discrepancy between what seems to be astronaut ice cream and what actually is astronaut ice cream. Moreover, they have eaten um, real ice cream in uh, in space with the addition of a refrigerator on uh, the Skylab mission. Wow. So now I feel completely deceived. Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess they had a refrigerator, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the space ice cream is bogus, basically. Uh. And okay, here's the last thing uh, while we're talking about sweet stuff mm-hmm. in space. This one guy turned 47, an astronaut by the name of, I think his name was Daniel Brandenstein. Instead of giving him a real birthday cake, which they had no, I mean, they had no obligation to pack up a birthday cake and send it into space. They gave him an inflatable birthday cake, an inflatable, non-edible birthday cake. It it wasn't even like a a chocolate membrane that had been filled with air. It was. No, no. I think the guy just got a pop-up birthday cake. Uh, Was it on fire? No, I don't don't Uh. think they do too much lighting on fire in space. So that's kind of the sweet stuff, but there's a whole lot of food to be eaten in space other than just ice cream and. Right. It's yeah. It's not just guys and gals picking out on ice cream and pop tarts. What else? What what else? What are some of the selections? Oh that uh, well, let's you? see. There's a yeah. There's a whole list. Uh, I mean, like everything from like there's like chicken a la king. Chicken a la king. Oh, yeah. beef stroganoff, a classic. Yeah. There's a um, shrimp cocktail. Actually, I love the shrimp cocktail. You know, I was talking about the shrimp cocktail because I have this image of the astronauts <laughs> after hours. They're in their party dresses. They're talking about space weather. They're dipping the shrimp cocktail into the cocktail sauce. That's a really good visual. It is. I, I imagine that's exactly what this is probably happening right now. No doubt. No doubt. But yeah, you can get like scrambled eggs. You can get uh, uh, various puddings, even butterscotch pudding, I think, which... Yeah, I think you were a little irate that butterscotch pudding had been into space and you hadn't. Yeah, like why does butterscotch pudding go into orbit? And then beverages, of course, we have some of those. Oh, yeah, a ton of those. You're um, kind of a coffee drinker. 
Yeah, and there, yeah, and there's like uh, three different varieties of, well, two varieties of coffee and then decaffeinated. But yeah, you can get like Kona coffee or regular coffee, and you can get it in various uh, um, various forms of like sweetened artificial sweetener or uh, you know with uh, cream or without cream. So it's good that everybody's going to be wired up there. Yeah, well, on that same front or oppositely, you can't drink alcohol in space. You guys probably knew that, but. I wonder if the Russians have figured out a way to smuggle in some alcohol with their Foxbury juice. I wonder. Yeah. Probably not, though. Or make it. They've been up there for pretty long stretches at a time. <laughs> They're doing some moonshine on the side. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can actually eat fresh fruits and vegetables if you get to them fast enough early, um, in your space flight. Yeah. I guess one of the, the key things to mention, and we'll get more into this kind of thing a little later, but um, uh, the whole reason that you have ice cream that's dehydrated uh, is because you don't have to... And this may sound kind of obvious, but if you take all the water out of the, out of a product, then you don't have to carry the water up with you uh, in some circumstances. Right. So it's like you're going on a big backpacking trip or, you know, a space flight, as it were. Yeah. I mean, you want to take what you're going to carry. And, I mean, you have to be mindful of that all the time. And then the other thing is also spoilage, too. And then trash. I mean, yeah, the volume right. of trash you want to um, pack in and pack out. Yeah, exactly. So choosing what to eat. That sounds kind of fun. Have you, you're married, right? Mm-hmm. Did you guys go through that whole wedding cake business where you get to taste all the different wedding cakes? Yeah, yeah. I went out and got to sample three or four different uh, cakes, you know, and then zero in on the one that uh, we were going to go with. Well, astronauts sort of have a similar deal in that uh, a few months before their, before their mission, they get to go in and uh, taste all the different foods available to them, and then they check the ones that they want to eat. And uh, the ones that they rate a six or higher can wind up on the menu. So, you know, it's kind of fun. could be kind of interesting to taste all these various space foods. But say you have this predilection for junk food. Right. Like you absolutely need Doritos. Right. Or chocolate pudding. Or scrambled eggs for... Scrambled eggs is a junk food? No, not so much. Well, I guess you put, like, syrup on them, maybe. Or Tabasco? Well, Um, we'll get into the Tabasco sauce a little later. Anyway... Um, so your, your food choices still have to fly by a nutritionist. They have to approve them because your nutritional requirements and your caloric requirements are a little different in space. I mean, you eat less. They have mm-hmm. this whole formula that they come up with based on your weight, height, and age. And, uh, they come up with an optimal calorie intake. And then, um, things like your bone density loss in space, they want to make sure you have more calcium. Oh. Yeah. And less iron too, I think. I don't know why that is though. So it's a, it's a basically a balance. The whole, uh, food, uh, selection process is a balance between making sure that the that the food is going to give the the astronaut the um, the nutrients they need, but also making sure that this is food that the astronaut is going to really genuinely want to eat because you're you're not going to have as strong an appetite up there, correct? Right, right. So the, and and they want you to want your food. It's, right. They don't want it to be just drudgery. Right, but the thing is, is I mean, taste in space is a little different from taste here on our lovely planet Earth, in that. Your smell, your sense of smell is diminished because the odor really isn't wafting towards you. And you think about how smell influences your appetite and your eating now. And that's less of a factor in space. You know, you're yeah, just. I'd never even thought of that, you know, just. Yeah. So you want your space food to be kind of spicy too, because what happens in space is that, um, you wind up accumulating a lot of fluid in your lungs and you wind up being stuffed up all the time. So it's basically eating with a cold. So you really can't taste your food that well. So you add a lot of, you know, salt and pepper. But Tabasco not salt sauce. and pepper like we uh, think of salt and pepper because 
obviously you don't want to just sprinkle all these little bits of uh, of uh, salt and pepper into the air because they're going to float us. all over the place. Right, so you, you actually have in. liquid salt and pepper, yeah. which I know sounds delicious. Uh, the pepper is uh, is suspended in an oil, mm-hmm. and the salt is in water. So basically, if you want to put a little more salt on your space fries, you're gonna it's going to be like pouring a contact solution on them. That's great. Yeah, that's really appetizing. So digestion in space, what's that like? Well, um, it's it's pretty interesting and kind of gross, uh, which kind of this digestion in general. Uh, but digestion is a, is a complicated process, even on Earth. Uh, it takes several hours for us to digest something, and it depends on multiple steps. Um, uh, kind of like uh, you know the different uh, stations in an uh, assembly line or a disassembly line. Um, you got and you got to have gravity. Because we're, you know, we're beings that exist in a gravitational environment, so everything's going to be pulled down by gravity. Sure, we like um, gravity. Yeah, and then of course uh, we're mostly fluid, and our systems are fluid-based. You need a good fluid balance. Um, you also need uh, the back need your bacteria in the small intestines that plays mm-hmm. a key role, and uh, also just physical activity, moving around, um, and all of those are going to be affected to a certain degree by microgravity. Obviously, um, yeah, your food's not going to flow through your bowels as well. The uh, bacterial concentrations are going to be altered. Uh, you're going to have decreased muscular activity just uh, by nature of being, you know, in orbit. But it's also going to you're going to have less moving uh, muscular activity, moving stuff through the gut. Um, right. That's why they got to get them on the treadmill, the right. Stephen Colbert treadmill. Yes, the Stephen Colbert treadmill. So they say your first day, your first day in orbit is basically going to be constipation, and you're going to. Wow, that sounds like a blast. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, there's a you're you're going to be constipated. You're going to have a pretty upset stomach, and you're uh, you're probably not going to want to eat unless you want to just have some terrifying cosmic vomit going on. And uh, generally, you don't want that. Uh, and uh, also, you're not going to want to take any laxatives uh, in space for I think obvious reasons. That's um, a great tip. Thanks, Robert. Yeah, well, we, we just want to touch all the all the bases about bodily functions. So in, if uh, any astronauts are listening that are about to go into space, and uh, just remember, no laxatives. Yes, don't try and smuggle any on. One of the interesting things is that uh, if you, especially due to like the muscular activity, is that if, if all this stuff isn't operating right, you actually can end up... You can end up with some pretty crazy damage to your intestines, right? It's sort of like yes, the uh, blunt trauma associated with... Um, yeah, like d- due to like uh, trauma, uh, like a car wreck or, or even like surgeries can uh, produce this on Earth, but it's uh, actually pretty easy to get in space. Yeah, you end up with uh, with intestinal blockages and other uh, nasty uh, situations. So you end up, you want to keep a close eye on your uh, intestines. Your G- yeah, the state of your GI. Yeah. You know, I actually found a, uh, a old interview with this flight surgeon, um, Dr. Philip Scarpa, He's from the Kennedy Space Center, and he was saying that eating in space is kind of like eating on Earth uh, if you're laying down, like the Romans, you know, reclining or whatever. Grapes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to do. You don't feel all that hungry, perhaps, when you're in that position eating. So that that was his kind of equivalent to eating in space, which Mm. makes sense to me. And the same thing with your digestive system, um, processing it through. Not all that easy to do if you're if you're laying down. That's why you're supposed to go for a walk around the block, right? Yeah, or on the, the Stephen Colbert, as the case may be. <laughs> a nice little stroll. So they really don't have too much preparation devoted to all this space food, right? I mean, what does the kitchen look like? Um, yeah, I mean, basically, it's just a matter of you're either adding water to something, or you're adding hot water to something, or you're you know nuking it in the microwave. Yeah, 
And then, so you get your little tray, which kind of reminds me of the airplane trays. Mm -hmm. You know, it has the little containers for all the different foods. And that's a key thing. You want them in the containers so you can eat a variety of foods at the yeah, same time. Yeah, I, I like how the, that's the, very the, exciting. the NASA website points that out. But also you don't want your food to float away, and that, that helps with that process. And then you get your knife, fork, spoon, or your chopsticks, as in the case of Japan. And you also get some scissors to help you tear into those little food packets. That's right. Everything's kind of in little uh, yeah, little baggies. So Also, would not mind being on dish duty there because basically you throw stuff out and then you wipe off the utensils with, yeah, with these the, little... Like pre-moistened... Uh, towelettes. Uh, towelettes yeah. yeah, no big deal. So what, so what does the future of space food hold for us? Uh, I mean, we, we've come up a pretty good ways already because early on we were talking uh, like... Harvel paste in little tubes, uh, kind of like, kind of like if your toothpaste was flavored like beef or salmon. Yeah, and they they tested them out on John Glenn, right? Yeah, and he, I think he he was not a fan. He was the original space cowboy, that guy. Yeah. Among his many other distinctions, I think he was the first uh, American to eat space food in orbit, in Earth's orbit. Anyway, um, so apart from John Glenn, he was only up in space for a little bit, we're extending our stay, right? So that means we're going to have to pack a lot more food. Yeah, more food and food that can uh, can sit on the shelf a lot longer. Right, right. And then eventually, of course, we're going to want to live on the moon or blast off to various colonies. <clears throat> yeah, so we're going to want to actually grow food in uh, in space. Hydroponically, so, I think. Yeah. Not quite like marijuana, but more like, you know, soybeans. Not quite. Or not all of it would be marijuana. I'm not sure how that'll work. Um, oh, yeah, it kind of reminds me of that Grow House podcast we did, huh? Yeah, yeah, except in space. Right, in space. So I, I had to pick out my ideal meal in space. Did you? I did. Um, what would it be? Well, I, I think I would basically um, recreate my, my college diet, which w consisted uh, mostly of uh, ramen noodles and peanut butter sandwiches. Because the, the, some of the noodle dishes sound pretty good, and uh, you, know, you right. can't beat peanut butter. Only I would probably have to use... Uh, Crunchy or smooth. Ooh, um, I wonder if they offer both in space. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it would matter because the the crunchy bits wouldn't float away. Um, but I'd probably go for smooth just in case with the, you know the digestion issue. Right, that's a good choice. Yeah, and I, I might not be able to use bread. I might have to use tortillas because they're pretty popular. Because I think if I had like a piece of bread, it would have to be like coated in gelatin, and that's just getting too far from what I'm used to. And there are all these international folks getting up there into space too, so your selection broadens. You that's could try right. some of those Japanese noodles, which I could sound trade delicious. I my peanut butter sandwich for those Japanese noodles. Or the Indian space curry. Yes, the the the, the uh, Indians are uh, working on uh, creating a space curry for their their future uh, uh, exploration of the cosmos. Which I'm 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 a huge fan of Indian food, so. If that were um, an option for me and doctors advised me that it was a good idea for my digestive <laughs> system, then I would totally go for a space curry. So you want to know what I would have? Yeah, tell me. What you got? Tang. No. No, <laughs> I totally would have tang. I would definitely have tang. Nobody likes tang. I love tang. I think it's great. Um, also, shrimp cocktail. A little mac and cheese. Maybe some fresh yeah. fruit if we're eating in the first few days of the Does space tang flight. really go with shrimp cocktail? It all goes together. Yeah. Yeah. And ice cream. Definitely. Space, space ice cream. Yeah, space ice cream, since I've never had the real thing. I well, think that's the be. place to try it. It certainly would In be. space. So, for everything space-related, eating space food, going to the bathroom in space, we've got you covered on the space front on HowStuffWorks.com. So, check out our site. Or... Check out our spiffy science stuff blog at blogs.howstuffworks.com. So many options. Thanks for listening, guys.
For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. Thank you.